How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Apples and Genos Fantasy Hockey Podcast. My name's Josh Hutchinson, and I'll be your host tonight. Binksy is unfortunately not with me tonight. He and his wife are hosting a large Thanksgiving gathering, uh, American Thanksgiving. You know how it is. So he wasn't able to make it, so I had to bring out the big guns. So I've got uh, our fearless leader, Nate, with me here tonight. How are you, Nate? Doing good, doing good. Probably not as good as Binksy is right now, um, but I am feeling pretty good. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Yeah, we just finished. Uh, we're recording a little later than we normally do tonight because uh, we were watching the Leafs uh, stop the wagon. Yes, they stopped Dead them right in, in the tracks. right in their tracks. Uh, <laughs> a little, a little weird. A bit of a weird game. It went it went really long. There were a ton of reviews. New Jersey had three goals called back. Uh, yeah. We were just talking about how. Uh, I mean, after the third one, which was the most most obvious non-goal, uh, the fans started throwing shit all over the ice. There was like you could visibly see pop. Yeah, <laughs> like puddles like of pop all over the, the place. Yeah. The Leafs actually left the ice surface. They 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 left the bench because they were yep. getting hit. So that was fun. Um, but yeah, needless to say, it went a lot longer than uh, than those games typically do. But uh, they got the win. Matt Murray looked great. It was uh, it was it was fun. Yeah, we'll leave it at that. Matt Murray looked great. Matt Murray looked great. <laughs> I, I, I think we could safely say New Jersey's still a wagon. Yeah, <laughs> they, can. they certainly looked like it. Uh, well, thanks again for leaving us a review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you haven't and you're enjoying our content, please just take a second and leave us a review. We would greatly appreciate it. Also, check out the Apples and Genos Discord server. It's a great place to talk fantasy hockey, get your questions answered, and also receive alerts when new Apples and Genos content drops. And if you didn't already know, this is Midweek Moves. It's Wednesday of Week 7, and we're talking about schedule maximization for the rest of the week and who you should be adding, dropping, selling high, or buying low. So this is a weird week. I, we talked about it in the last podcast, but uh, because of American Thanksgiving, there are no games tomorrow on Thursday. Um, which means we've got a jam-packed Friday uh, with games all afternoon and evening. Um, it, there's actually 14 games on the schedule. It's, it's it's kind of Friday this week is kind of like a typical Saturday, what a typical Saturday would be where most teams are playing. Um, so there's 14 games. It's going to be really difficult to find someone to slot in uh, on Friday. Um, so you're going to be looking at Saturday, Sunday streams. Um, Saturday has nine games, so a little bit easier. It's it's te not technically an off night, um, but it's it's a lot easier to the, uh, to find spots to to slot players in. Sunday only has five games, so that's super ideal for streaming. But Saturday and Sunday, I think you can target uh, people there. There's only one team that plays Saturday and Sunday, and that's Vancouver. Um, so that is probably your most ideal streaming target. Um, there are four teams that don't play either Saturday or Sunday, and that's Boston, Buffalo, Detroit, and Tampa Bay. So I would avoid these teams entirely. Um, everyone else has at least one game on either Saturday or Sunday. So there are a ton of streaming options. It's, there's not like a ton of must make moves other than, I guess, Vancouver. If you, if, if you see if there's an ideal streaming target on Vancouver, like a Kuzmenko or, or, I mean, that's that's the guy that's, that's popping into my it. head right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you but, want to go down to Mikheyev, like, I guess. But Mikheyev, yeah, Tanner Kuzmenko, Pearson, if maybe. he's available. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, 
next week, Buffalo, Detroit, and New the New York Rangers all have four games with three off nights. So those are the those are the most ideal schedules. Um, so the Rangers would probably be a nice team to stream from uh, that would carry over into next week. Um, but yeah, other than that, um, you can you can't really go wrong here. Uh, there, there's going to be a lot of options out there. Um, so my ad this week is Nick Schmaltz. So Nick Schmaltz, actually, um, I can add to my notes here because uh, he had a pretty good night tonight. He he had a goal and six shots. I didn't look at his under. I didn't look at his uh, Corsi four or scoring chances four, but I imagine they were pretty decent as well. Um, Arizona got a nice four nothing win. So all all the Carl uh, Vamelka streamers uh, are probably pretty excited about that, myself included. Um, <laughs> But uh, Nick Schmaltz, uh, he had a 77-point pace last year. Just came back from injury this week. Uh, had a solid return to the lineup earlier in the week where he had five shots, five individual uh, Corsi four, and four individual scoring chances for. Playing on line one, power play one, and he is safely on line one and power play one. He's not going to get bumped. Um, and he's only 13% rostered in Yahoo. That's crazy, man. Like, you're, you're yeah. not going to find someone... Uh, with this this amount of point potential, um, that's that's so available. Like, I, I you should be snatching him up as quickly as possible because um, I, I imagine in the next week or two uh, he'll be up to at least fifty percent rostered. Um, you, it, it's just uh, uh, yeah. The, and their power play one Arizona's power play has been great. Uh, obviously, it's completely different now that Schmaltz is back and Chickren's back as well. They're playing a two. Def- defenseman power play right now which actually for arizona i think is probably best case scenario i know i'm (laughs) a big a big proponent of the five forward power play i'm like really stoked about boston and montreal right now because they're actually employing that uh but for arizona (laughs) i think you're much much better suited putting goss's bear and and chicken out there because they're they're two of your best offensive players so um and then you got schmaltz and keller who are both very good offensive players and then nick ritchie as a net front guy um that's not a terrible power play so um i i like that situation for schmaltz so if he's out there and it seems like he is a lot uh go grab him yeah i would definitely agree with that i had a pretty pretty solid projection on schmaltz uh i was kind of surprised actually when i was going through projections before the season Schmaltz came out to 22 goals and 68 points. I thought that was a bit higher than I would have been comfortable with, but uh, I did want to be, you know, true to the process, and that's where he came out. Yeah, um, the amount of ice time he's getting feels pretty safe to project him for 19-plus minutes a night uh, for the rest of the season, basically. And, yeah, I I think uh, easily 65-point player. I I think it's kind of ridiculous that he's only 13% rostered. I know that it's Arizona, and I know he was injured, so he fell off people's radars and whatnot, but definitely I think that number will be going way up very soon. Um, and Arizona has a fair number of off nights, too, throughout the season, so he's going to be somebody that's uh, going to be handy to roster for that that reason as well. So definitely agree. 13% rostered should be much much closer to 50 60%. Absolutely. Who are you adding this week? Yeah, this one's going to be a little bit obvious, but I'm going to go with Rasmus Sandin, obviously replacing Morgan Riley, who's out four to six weeks uh, with an MCL sprain, I believe it was, um, on that 
top Leafs power play. He's a bit of an underrated source of bangers, too. Um, he's a smaller guy, but he's been throwing three hits and uh, just over a block per game over his last five here. Um, two assists in two games before tonight. Tonight he played 22 minutes and uh, didn't have any shots on goal, but had four shot attempts. And uh, yeah, another hit he added to the total and a couple of block shots. So um, he's not going to leave you with nothing at the end of the night. And he definitely will run into some points. The Leafs tend to use the the point a fair bit um, through their power play. Riley's come into a lot of second assists where he goes off to the wings, either to Nylander or to... Uh, Matthews or Marner, they kind of rotate those three guys through the uh, bumper and the uh, flank positions on the half wall. Mm-hmm. And then those guys are usually either a shot or a, a pass into the middle for Tavares. And so a lot of second assists for the, the power play one defenseman on the Toronto power play. So I do anticipate that Sandine should get a bunch of that. I think they will continue to use Sandine. It makes a lot of sense. They're going to want to use probably Giordano and Hall as a makeshift first pair um, at even strength and for more of the uh, shorthanded time on ice. So they'll let Sandine kind of get his minutes on the top power play and kind of shelter him a little bit more at even strength. And I think that's a that's a smart way to go about it as well. So. Uh, Sandine to me makes a lot of sense, uh, 13% rostered as well for Sandine. So he's definitely out there and he's probably better than a lot of people's D4, D5 on their squad right now. So I'd go out and do that right away. Yeah. I I mean, I support that obviously. And I think anyone that's slotting in on the Leafs power play one is, is, uh, is an exciting option. Um, Sandine struggled a bit this year, um, out of the gate. He missed a lot of camp just because of contract issues. Um, and he just hasn't really gotten up to speed. I think part of that, they had him playing on the right side for a little while. Um, but he's back to the left side playing with Lilligren now five on five. Um, and it looks like he probably won't be forced to do that because they actually went out and got a right-handed defenseman today and Connor Timmins. Um, they had Mac Hollowell, uh, play his first mm-hmm. NHL game tonight, which was pretty cool. But uh, I, I imagine Timmins is probably going to slot in there um, while Riley's out and Brody as well. So um, hopefully Sandine won't be forced to play on the right side because it didn't really seem to be suiting him well. Uh, he was yeah. not; he has not been not been very strong. But uh, he looked great tonight, in my opinion. Um, looked really engaged uh, physically, um, jumping up in the play. He was ma- making the right plays and and. Uh, firing the puck of the net, um, which is something that I um, hadn't really seen a lot of from him this year. And that's, uh, that's, I mean, he's got a shot. He's shown it before. So, mm-hmm. um, so in terms of drops, uh, William Carlson is my drop this week. So Carlson was kind of on a heater for a bit with Vegas. Um, he had a stretch of eight points in seven games. Um, and since then has only, only has one assist in his last six. Uh, Vegas is very hot. Uh, Carlson is not. Uh, he, he doesn't really bring anything if he's not scoring points. He's an easy drop for me right now. Uh, he's on line two, power play two. Uh, just not getting great opportunities. Ice time is meh. Yeah, I just I just don't think that he's a, he's a guy that you need to be holding on to despite uh, playing for Vegas, who has been great offensively. Yep. Yeah, I agree with this one 100%. Ice time on the season is down from last year a bit. 
shots per 60, it's right in line with his career numbers, so it's not like he's uh, showing some improvement this year or uh, something different about this year. The on-ice numbers are actually way down for him as well um, from last year and the years before, so uh, basically they're not getting as many shots or chances when he's on the ice as they have been in previous years. So, yeah, for me, easy drop. William Carlson, um, there's there's got to be somebody better out there for you unless you're in a real deep league. Definitely. Who are you dropping this week? I wanted to go a little bit hot with this one, so I'm saying to drop Mackenzie Wieger. Um, before the game tonight, the last two games that he played, he played 16 minutes and 25 seconds and 19 minutes and 15 seconds. Um, that is not optimal for fantasy purposes. And now he's off the power play too as well in favor of Nikita Zadorov. So tell me how that makes sense. I didn't realize it was for Zadorov. That's brutal. (laughs) It's pretty bad. Last three games at this point. So it's, it's not just a one-off seems to be sustaining. And the weird thing with Uyghur is like his peripherals used to be like borderline elite. It was hitting people, blocking shots all the time in Florida and now those are gone too. Like his last five games before tonight, four hits and three blocks. Like that's very, very mediocre to bad from a defenseman, um, especially a defenseman who's not providing anything else. The thesis with Uyghur, and I and I was really high actually on Uyghur uh, this offseason. The thesis there was that he would give you kind of borderline elite 5v5 play and then have that upside if he took over the top power play uh, that he could really take off and be like a even like a 55 60 point player with those peripherals but he's not doesn't have the peripherals he's clearly not going to get that power play one anytime soon in my opinion i think hannafin is kind of clearly the second in line if anderson were to get injured or anything like that um and he gets nothing now Uyghur does uh, you can pretty much just punt him into the sun at this point in my opinion uh, you, can let, you can let somebody else take them and let them rack up all those zeros on their roster instead of yours. <laughs> yeah, that's super unfortunate. I mean, Uyghur was, was such a monster last year. It just seemed like he uh, would be a perfect fit in Calgary. And it, it just uh, just hasn't really worked out there in terms of fantasy, at least. Uh, Feels a lot but... like Jeff Petrie from last year. where yeah. Everything seemed like it 100%. was lined up. And it just, yeah. for whatever reason just never happened well and then just getting zero power play opportunity as well right so that's that doesn't that doesn't help either um so in terms of sell highs um i'm selling jamie ben on a high right now he has 20 points in 18 games this season turning back the clock to the year (laughs) when he won the art ross trophy with 84 points i think i think it's 84 86 just an insanely low number. Uh, he's been the talk of the town. Uh, he has 17 points in nine games in November, which puts him second in the league in scoring behind Eric Carlson, which is crazy. <laughs> uh, also turning back the clock. Uh, like It's like we're, uh, it's 2012 or something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he is shooting at a 30% clip in November. 19.51% on the season for shooting percentage. Typically he's typically around 12 to 14%, but he's been less than 10 the last couple of years. Um his on-ice shooting percentage right now is 15.76%, which is insane considering he's playing on the third line. Um typically like a higher on-ice shooting percentage is usually indicative of like playing on power play 1 and playing with with other elite players, but he's not. He's playing with I th- believe Ty Delandria and 
uh, Wyatt Johnston, um, who are, are good young players, um, but uh, not not the elite players that you expect to see like a, a non-ice shooting percentage that high. So um, his average time on ice is 14 minutes and 44 seconds, which is the lowest since his rookie season. And it's actually only two seconds more uh, than his average on his rookie season. So it's he's uh, playing the least of his career, basically. Um, and there is just there's just no way he keeps this up, right? Like, uh, these numbers are insane. He is playing really well, um, but the, he's scoring at a ridiculous rate that just won't, won't, it won't stay. Yeah, it, he's not going to be able to keep this up. So he he's 75% rostered right now. So clearly people are paying attention. Um, but so if you grabbed him, uh, which you, you probably did, I don't, a lot of people, most people didn't actually draft him. Um, someone else might be willing to pay for the hype right now and uh i'd be selling yep yeah i think it's a good idea to at least canvas and figure out uh what ben's worth is on the open market in your league at this point if you have them um worth noting is ice time has come up of late uh, he's been around 16 minutes with one random 20 minute game against the islanders yeah. um so worth noting that that's come up a little bit in the last little bit um the shots on goal are kind of in and out. He's got a couple zero shot games and then a couple three shot games. Looks like he's got two so far tonight at the end of the second against Chicago. So it's a little bit um, up and down and inconsistent. And I think that's more what you can expect from Ben moving forward is a little bit more inconsistency. Um, all that being said, I do think that uh, Jason Robertson has really taken a step to be towards being an elite player in the league this year. Um, that's borne out in a lot of the underlying stats as well. And uh, Rupe Hints, I think, is a bona fide, if not like truly elite player, than uh, at least a top-line center in the league. And Joe Pavelski has been a top-line winger in the league for a long time. So you throw all those together and Miro Heiskanen on the back end, and Jamie Benn's in a pretty good situation on that top power play, even if he can't you know, uh, get more ice time at even strength. So... I do think that Ben is in a position where he could potentially, you know, have a better shooting percentage and a better on ice shooting percentage than he's sported in years past. Um, but we're talking about like a couple percentage points. We're not talking about, you know, 19.5% shooting percentage for the full year. Yeah. I don't think that's in the cards. Um, so yeah, I think, I think Ben is definitely, um, my outlook on him has definitely changed for the better. Uh, for the full season but yeah he's not close to a point per game player for me like maybe maybe 60 points I'd I'd feel I still feel that's pretty bullish um, for a 60 point pace rest of season um, more likely in the 50 to 55 range and that can be a valuable player depending on your league but if there's anybody in your league who values him at a higher um, point pace than that then maybe there's a deal yet you can find so yeah go ahead try at least and see if you can sell high for sure uh who are you selling high i'm selling high on bo horvat um i actually have bo horvat in kakuffle and i've been trying to move him so far with not much luck i've been mm. trying to package up for tage thompson and do some funky stuff like that but no bites so far it seems like people are more willing to believe on tage thompson than bo horvat which 
to be honest, I do too. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> it is fair. Um, there are some good signs with Horvat, no doubt. Uh, up to 21 minutes uh, average time on ice. Last year, he was more around 19 and a half. Now, 40 seconds of that is coming from extra PK time, so it's not really um, fantasy-relevant uh, extra time on ice in that way. 66% IPP, fairly in line. His career, he's been more of a high 50s IPP the shots and the individual scoring chances for per 60 are actually up a bunch, so he's clearly playing pretty well. Um, but he does have a 22% shooting percentage and a 13.8% on ice shooting percentage. Both of those are much higher than his career numbers. And the weird part that's really given me pause with Horvat is that his on ice numbers have actually dipped from last year. Um, so that's pretty concerning to me. And it, it, it's not just the extra penalty kill time, it's. Uh, it's more than that. Like, it's a pretty significant dip. So basically what that says to me is he's carrying everything that he's doing, uh, everything that his line is doing as well. Um, and when he inevitably hits some sort of cold stretch and doesn't produce as many shots and as many chances himself, then unless his teammates really step up in a big way, then he could go ice cold. And that's what I'm a bit worried about is that uh, we're going to run into a stretch where he just kind of goes ice cold and everybody just goes, oh, okay, here's Horvat regressing back to the normal player and you'll have missed your window. So if you can get something more than what you projected Horvat for at the beginning of the year right now, then I think it's a it's a pretty decent move right now to go ahead and see what you can get for Horvat and see if somebody's willing to buy in on what he's been able to put up early in this season. Yeah, I'm 100% with you on that. Hor- Horvat's been on such a heater. Um, there's just no way he's he's going to keep this up. I, I don't really have a ton to add. You were pretty thorough on that. So let's move on to buy lows. Um, so th- the guy I'd be trying to buy low on uh, would be Victor Hedman. So uh, since he had a brief injury, he missed a couple games. Um, he's lost power play one. So Sergachev... Um, replaced him while he was out and just has not relinquished that spot since he's returned. So uh, Hedman only has one assist in his last seven games. Um, Despite losing the power play, his average time on ice hasn't really dipped. Um, He's still getting 25 to 27 minutes a night during that time. Uh, I imagine he's probably going to regain power play one at some point uh, and will be all right. But I would be putting offers out there to people who are getting itchy because, um, I mean, people would have spent people that have Hedman spent good draft capital on him um, and are expecting him to be close to a point per game defenseman uh, and he's just not that right now so um i'd be trying to acquire him uh, as best as best i can yeah it's interesting with headman um i'm not really sure where i stand with him we talked about him a little bit on uh on the sunday pod me and uh me and blake there and we talked about sergachev as well so the thing with with headman is i don't want to actively go out and seek risk for my team unless that risk is baked into the cost so obviously whenever you're buying low or selling high or doing any of this it's all about what that cost for acquisition is right so if you're finding somebody who's really nervous about headman and is willing to sell him to you for pennies on the dollar then obviously uh, by all means go ahead he's going to get his at even strength tampa bay is still an elite team in the league um, this stretch doesn't really concern me overall that he's not putting up points 
um, at even strength. Uh, that really doesn't concern me whatsoever. He's still getting all the minutes, just not the power play minutes. But the overall ceiling is definitely not there as long as he's not on power play one. So what I said uh, in the other pod with Blake was it's really a bet on if you think he's going to get that top power play and how long it's going to take. Um, so if you can find a point where that risk is worth the reward to you, right? Um, and that may be different for everybody out there, but if you can find a point where the risk is worth the reward, um, maybe, you know, maybe your, uh, your team is like, uh, you know, one in five at this point or two and four, and you're, you're feeling like your season might be slipping away a bit and you need to take some risks. Then maybe somebody like Hedman is a, is a good risk to take in that sense, because if he does regain that role and he does live up to his full ceiling, then you're looking at an actual game changing level defenseman for fantasy. So, mm-hmm. um, I think, uh, Assess your assess your own risk tolerance with Hedman, um, and then uh, yeah, definitely his value is at a all time low. Basically, at this point, mm-hmm. you'd have to go back many years to find a point where he is valued as low as he would be right now. So, definitely worth in uh, investigating at least what his current cost is to acquire. Yeah, definitely. Uh, who are you buying low? I'm buying low on Vladimir Tarasenko. I think a lot of people have kind of just forgotten about Tarasenko a little bit. He's been out with an illness for a few games. Came back in. He had five shots tonight, three hits, so he's clearly not feeling any worse for the wear. Um, One thing that I'm... This is a little bit narrative-driven rather than stats-driven here with Tarasenko, but St. Louis is truly awful, man. Like They just got run over by Buffalo, who played the night before. Um, And... (laughs) Buffalo is low-key a lot better than people think they are. Um, The advanced stats bear that out, especially at even strength. But St. Louis is truly awful. Like, they are one of the five worst even strength defensive teams in the league. They're worse than Arizona in terms of Corsi against per 60 right now at even strength. It's pretty impressive how terrible they are. I really believe that there is going to be a coaching change in St. Louis um, in the next, you know, five to ten games here i i can't see how they snap out of this uh what they're in like it's been a long time at this point and it's not getting better um so i i do think that eventually they're they're going to be looking at a coaching change here um you know they could get on a little bit of a, a, a fool's gold hot streak or something and buy them a little more time but i do think at some point we're looking at a coaching change and that could mean more ice time for tarasenko um, which is something we as fantasy managers have always wanted. He's always been more around that 17-minute mark where he was again tonight. And if he ever got up to that 19-20 minute mark, then he could really be a, a difference maker for fantasy. But I think you can buy him right now as as a pretty low player, um, like maybe even like as a 60 to 65 point player. And I think that's mm-hmm. his absolute floor. And you're looking at a lot more upside with him, especially if that coaching change does come through and they start to move some things around and, and uh, play Tarasenko a little bit more and lean on their studs. So that's uh, the long winded spiel to say that I think that Tarasenko um, is probably currently valued a little bit more towards his floor. And you can probably, there's probably more of a ceiling than you think there with Tarasenko for the rest of the season. Yeah, man. I love Tarasenko. I have him on, uh, on my patron league team and, and, uh, 
Uh, it's been a little bit disappointing the way that St. Louis has has performed. It, I mean, it's got to be stylistic, right? Like, I'm looking at their roster, and they're not. I mean, they have players, man. Like, yeah. their, their top <laughs> nine is not bad. Their defense is bad. Their defense is bad. Like, Nick Letty. I'm looking at Letty, Pareko, Krug, Falk, Kelly Rosen, and Nico McCola as your top six right now. Like who's injured? Scandella and Bortuzzo. Like they're not moving the needle either. Like they need that. That is a that is a poorly constructed defense. Yeah. Um, so there is that. But uh, still, they, they they shouldn't be this bad. So yeah, I, I'm with you on that coaching change. I wouldn't be surprised at all. Yeah, it's funny. They like their record on the season is ten and nine. Like they they're in the middle ish of the league. Yeah. <laughs> like they're above Edmonton, who everybody thinks is is a really great team and. I could go off about mm. how bad Edmonton looks yeah, under the surface as well, but um, and St. Louis is remarkably seven and three in their last ten, um, yeah. which I just looked up, which is hilarious to me because all of their metrics uh, over the past little bit have just been truly awful, and they've been, uh, yeah, I just, I guess, just skating by the skin of their teeth. But um, yeah, I I do think that St. Louis is living on borrowed time here, and something's got to give there because uh, uh, as for a team like that too right like with the history of success there the stanley cup in the not so distant past like they're not going to tolerate it if things start to go south in a hurry and i think that's what's kind of uh in the wings here yeah they're not supposed to be bad so right that's that's and the, uh, at least in the eyes of doug Ar doug armstrong so uh so let's check in with uh some zero g or just a zero g update for the week so as usual uh, I, I do a zero G article on the, on the weekend usually comes out on Sundays. Um, it's just, it's called zero G to victory. And basically I create power rankings for each week, um, in terms of, uh, what goalies you should be taking a look at to, to stream at least for the week or, or options for, uh, situations, uh, with goaltending that, that, that could lead to some zero G gems or like some guys that, that perform for long periods of time, um, seemingly out of nowhere. So, uh, James Reimer is a guy that I talk a lot. He, he showed up. I think he's been on my power rankings every single week. Um, usually near the top. He is out with an injury. Uh, it's a lower body injury. So Capo Kakinen, uh, has started back to back games. Um, so that's something to t definitely take a look at at Reimer. Uh, if he's out for an extended period, um, Kakinen could be an interesting option. He hasn't really performed super well, um, but they actually have San Jose actually has two back to backs next week. So if he stays out, uh, there could be an Arundel appearance or two, which uh, mm -hmm. should be interesting. He's uh, uh, not really a great option, but uh, uh, I don't know. San Jose has been okay the last little bit. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. No, they're, they're fringe options, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> but ultimately Reimer's out. So I would probably be, be looking for other options other than him. If you're holding him right now. Uh, also Jake Allen, he's another guy that's been, uh, that's appeared on my list a lot. Um, he got shelled for seven goals against Buffalo last night. Uh, and his play is definitely slipping lately. I mentioned that in the article, but I was kind of, uh, high on him this week just because Montreal had a really easy schedule um, against Columbus, Buffalo, and I think Chicago. So 
unfortunately, that game against Buffalo did not go as expected. So uh, I imagine he'll start at least one more this week. Montembeau started tonight. I imagine he'll start their other game. Um, but I'll be watching closely because if he gets another poor start, I'm probably going to be looking elsewhere uh, in terms of uh, zero G options. Um, I hold him in a couple different leagues, but um, if he if he keeps performing like that, um, like sub 900, he's been sub 900 for a, a lot of games in a row. So um, that's that's not super ideal. Uh, uh, Connor Ingram also had a start this week, played really well, uh, had uh, stopped 42 of 45 in a shootout loss. Uh, he's a decent spot start option. Uh, obviously, Carol Vimelka. Uh, I wrote a lot about him in my article this weekend. Um, had a shutout tonight, which was fantastic. Uh, and the last point I have here is Piotr Kachetkov uh, has started three straight games for Carolina, uh, which is not what I expected. I was I was kind of expecting them to go with the Ranta Kachetkov platoon with Anderson out but um they've also signed Kachekov to a contract extension which is interesting um the timing of that is interesting especially with the the three starts in a row so I wonder if when Anderson comes back if Ranta is maybe going to be on the trade block um because that's uh it seems like they are um they they have decided that Kachekov is ready for the NHL and it's they're committing to him. So mm-hmm. I I imagine that there's probably a deal coming for Ranta at some point. Um, we'll see. Yeah, I think that's that's very possible. Uh, clearly, they're invested in him if they're going to give him a contract, four year contract. I think it was so. Um, I think it's definitely interesting. Now the last two games haven't gone his way. He's lost no. Three in a row. The first one wasn't really his fault. Only allowed two goals. Um, allowed four goals on 23 shots against Winnipeg. And then he allowed three goals on 26 shots here tonight against Arizona. And mm-hmm. Carolina somehow couldn't solve Vimelka, as we've mentioned. But, um, yeah, it's an interesting situation. I would expect Ranta to get the next start here. Um, but it seems like they want to at least see what they have a little bit here with the... Uh, Kachekov, so, um, and it wouldn't be the worst thing for uh, Kachekov to miss Boston in the next uh, game that Carolina has here too. So true, true. That would work out. The only other team that I'd bring up is Buffalo to take a look at their goaltending situation with Comrie out. You've got Craig Anderson and Ukopeka Lukanen. UPL. Um, so Lukanen, basically both of them played well in this back-to-back that Buffalo had yesterday and today. Um, Anderson had uh, two goals allowed on 31 shots to beat Montreal in that 7-2 drubbing. And then they came right back and did the same thing to St. Louis, 6-2. And it was, yeah, UPL getting the W there. He allowed only two goals on 36 shots, so even a little bit better there. So it's uh, it's pretty interesting. It really seems like they don't want to run out Anderson for more than half the games. Mm-hmm. Um and I I saw the game that UPL played against Toronto uh, on Saturday, and it didn't seem like any of the goals were truly his fault. Like, it was, no. he didn't look terrible. Uh, it was just, yeah. They hung him out to dry. <laughs> yeah, the goals that Toronto scored were real grade-A chances, and there wasn't much he could do about it, in my opinion. So I don't think that uh, you should be turned off too much by UPL's first start. Um, this start against St. Louis seems a little bit more indicative. 
Now, Buffalo does have New Jersey and Tampa Bay in their next two starts, then a game against Detroit, and then they get Colorado. So it's an interesting schedule upcoming, but I do think that Buffalo is a better team than a lot of people are giving them credit for uh, overall. So I do think that there's probably something here with uh, Lukanen in particular because he's the one that I think actually has upside to take more than 50% of the starts, uh, which is what you should be looking for. All right, let's move into the mailbag. So we got uh, lots of questions again. I had to I had to vet them a little bit. Um, there there were a lot. Some people asked more than one, so I, I tried to not uh, put any more than one question per person. Um, so we'll start with R thirty three in the Discord. Um, expectations for Mike Matheson. Uh, what do you think, Nate? Yeah, Matheson is uh, pretty impressive. Uh, I was into Matheson a little bit. Had him labeled as a sleeper this offseason. Um, obviously, he was injured to start the season. He's just coming back in now. And he had three shots in each of his first two games. I haven't got a look at what he did here tonight. But um, in the first two games, 22 minutes, 34 seconds, 23 minutes, 57 seconds. And crucially, he's been playing on the top power play unit. Um, oh, the last couple that's games. New. Okay. Yeah. So it seems like they've gone away from that five forward thing and they're ready to hand it over to Matheson here. Finally, it seems like the, uh, the Chris Weidman experiment is over. Oh thankfully. God. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm just looking at it now. Matheson, 24 minutes, 37 seconds tonight, led the team another three shots tonight for Matheson. So, um, anytime your defenseman is giving you three shots consistently, playing on the top power play, playing t- anywhere from 22.5 to 24.5 minutes per night, uh, I think that's a rosterable player, even if it is Montreal. Like Montreal's got a couple players who can score, so he should run into his fair share of points there. I wouldn't put a huge projection on him, um, but you know, 45 points pace um, doesn't seem unreasonable. So as a D4, you could definitely do a lot worse than Matheson. Yeah, definitely. Definitely a streamer. Definitely a stream and hold, uh, potentially. Um, yeah, I, I mean, this is kind of what I expected from Mike Matheson going into the year. Um, it was just unfortunate that he was hurt. He was He's a guy I drafted with the last pick of one of my drafts, and I had to drop him almost right away just because didn't have enough IR spots. So, um, yeah, I, 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 I expected them to lean on him just because they don't have a lot of experienced D- D-men. Uh, and now he's got PP one. So yeah, this it's exciting. Uh, I, I would definitely be picking him up if, if he's available. Uh, big guy in the house. 29 asks, do you think Tage Thompson keeps this pace all season? Uh, I mean, it's a pretty high pace, Nate. What do you think? <laughs> it is a pretty high pace, but he's doing some pretty ridiculous things too. He's up yep. to 15 shots per 60 which is like i talk about 10 shots per 60 and 10 individual scoring chances for per 60 as numbers that i like to see and he's up at 15 shots per 60 and 16 individual scoring chances for per 60 on the season now that's 20 games sample size that's a pretty solid sample size like what he's putting up right now is austin matthews level uh shot and scoring chance production it's really impressive stuff um do i think that he's now this player and we should expect him to sustain that forever. Um, less confident about that. Um, but I do think that he can be a, at least a point per game player from this point onwards, um, with upside for more. Yeah. If I had to put a projection on him for the rest of the season, I would, I would say like 85 points, uh, feels pretty good with 45 of those being goals. Um, 
yeah, he's got great chemistry Jeff, with Jeff Skinner. Skinner added a couple more goals tonight. Um, I, I think that Buffalo, as I mentioned, is starting to come around as a team, and Thompson's a big reason why. Yeah, hammer the over on on nightly shots for Tage Thompson because I I uh, I I think on I use Sports Interaction on Saturday when they played the Leafs I bet on him I think the over under was three and a half shots and I'm like he's he's going over for sure I think he had nine shots on goal or something yeah, like that like this probably. guy's this guy's a monster but yeah obviously he's not gonna he's not gonna keep scoring the same way he he is right now he's been ridiculously hot. Um, but yeah, I mean, this, this guy's for real, for sure. Uh, he's, he's a legit top center in this league. Um, Adam up to 11, uh, asked about Jamie Ben. We talked about Jamie Ben already, but, uh, Vitek Vanacek is his place sustainable. Um, so I, I mean, my opinion is, um, I mean, Vanacek is playing on the devils, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I think anyone can play goal for the devils right now. Truly. Um, but Vanacek was half decent last year in Washington. Um, I'm surprised they let him go, to be honest. I thought he was the better of the of the two between him and some Samsonov last year. Um he has struggled with injury um and has this year. Um, but I mean New Jersey barely gives up anything, man. Like like it's really hard to get shots on them mainly because they have the puck the entire game. They're so fast and they, they're, they, they for, for check so hard. It's, it's just really hard to uh, get any sustained pressure in their zone. Um, so Vanacek only really has to make 20 stops a game. I don't see, I mean, I, at this point, uh, the way that New Jersey's playing and, and even tonight they lost, but they looked the same essentially. Um, I, I, I just don't, I, I don't think it's a really hard job for Vanacek right now. And he's, he's doing what he needs to do. And I, I don't really see that changing for the time being. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not in the business of projecting goalie performance. Um, and I never will be, but uh, in terms of the situation, it doesn't really get any better than the devils right now. Um, if you're in a league that, you know, get a ton of points for saves, then maybe he's not going to give you a bunch of saves just yeah. because the devils are so good that they don't allow a lot of shots. Um, but if you're looking for cheap wins, like Vanacek is going to be that guy and he's going to be that guy for a while, at least until Blackwood is back. And if he, if he continues at this, at this level, then I assume he's going to get the majority of starts even when Blackwood does come back. And, um, yeah, I think it's going to, like, he's going to have to be pretty bad for him to, to give up a significant portion of the net. Uh, I think so. Uh, I think Vanacek is about as good a bet as you can make, uh, at the goalie position right now. Yeah, he looked good tonight too. I, I like he made. Uh, I think he. Yeah, he made that the, one save. He made that. Yeah, the one, <laughs> the one chance. To I, it was a, it was a good stop. Tavares, <laughs> Tavares uh, almost put the game away in the third period, and he robbed him blind. So, uh, boom goes the dynamite. Asks Duchesne's outlook rest of season. So I, I mean, I, I, I don't love the deployment right now um i don't like that he's playing away from philip forsberg uh both on the power play and five on five i i don't know if that's still the case um but that was the case at least a couple games ago uh what do you think nate what what, what are the underlying saying for duchene yeah so real quick um in the game tonight against detroit which they got shut out in so take that with a grain of salt everything could change once again 
Um, yeah, the lines are weird. He's with Colton Sissons and Tanner Janelle, which is not a recipe. Ooh, for that's even worse. Yeah, their their Corsi numbers are actually great, seventy one percent together. And he was obviously on that top unit. So Duchesne, Johansson, Granlund, Forsberg with Yossi on the back end. They reunited that unit. They weren't they were messing around with like Niederreiter and Parsonin and splitting up the yeah. guys who are normally on that top power play. It seems like they've gotten away from that. Of course it wasn't successful tonight, so who knows? Maybe they'll maybe they'll go back to something weird again. But um I do think that Duchesne, like performance wise, is just fine. Um like I had Duchesne as a bust because I mean, everybody kind of did. Anybody who looked at the uh, advanced stats of what he did last year, um, the 19% shooting percentage um, and all that kind of stuff, the on-ice shooting percentage up at 14% after a bunch of years where he couldn't even crack 10%, all of it kind of pointed to uh, Duchesne uh, regressing a fair bit this year. And he has done that, but honestly, it it hasn't been as bad as I thought. And his on-ice numbers are actually surprisingly better than they were last year. Um, so the scoring chances and the Corsi is still there um, uh, in terms of his on-ice play. Himself, personally, he slipped a little bit in terms of his shots per 60 and his uh, scoring chances per 60. That could just be a, a function of playing with Tanner Janot and Colton Sissons a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think in the end, it's all going to work itself out a little bit and... Uh, He'll probably get back to more or less the same rate stats that he was at last year, just with a little bit less of the the luck that we saw last year. So in the end, I think that Duchesne is a pretty solid 65-point player. Um, and if someone is, you know, valuing him more as a as an interchangeable, like, bottom of the lineup, even potential drop kind of player, then I'd be happy to snap him up for whoever my streamer is that week. Definitely. Uh, gaming wheezy. I don't know if that's how you say it. I'm not mm-hmm. totally sure. Uh, could Uyghur go back to the spot on power play one? I'm not sure. I mean, he was never there. So, uh, no, yeah. <laughs> I think we already touched on that, but, uh, yeah, no, it's unfortunately, it's, uh, no, it's unfortunately, uh, it seems like it's probably not going to happen. Um, next question, Northern 89, will Bjorkstrand ever score? see what what is his ceiling for the rest of the season um yeah what do you think nate this guy this guy's been like a high volume shooter this year uh and just uh hasn't been putting the puck in the net unlike almost everyone else on seattle yeah it is kind of an interesting spot for bjorkstrand uh i was a little bit bullish because i thought that there's at least a chance that uh bjorkstrand could walk into a big role in seattle uh, but it does seem like they're just going to kind of roll lines once again and, and do that whole thing. Uh, he's down to 16-19 average time on ice, which is not great. Um, the shots for 60 and the individual scoring chances for per 60 right there in line are better than uh, his previous seasons. His on-ice numbers are even better than previous seasons in Columbus. Um, so I think like overall, in terms of his level of play, um, nothing has changed, and he might even be playing a little better than he has in the past. Um, yeah, the 1.8% shooting percentage, that's going to come back up. The problem is that um, I just don't think that Seattle as a team is going to convert enough, and Bjorkstrand is not an elite enough player to kind of carry the load, as it were. 
um, and especially not at 16, uh, 19 average time on ice. If he was up in, you know, the 18 plus minute range, then we might be looking at something here. But as it is, he's nothing more than a streamer to me. Yeah, it looks like his ice time is I'm just looking at his game log here. He he had a few games over 20 minutes at the start of the year, 18, 17. And now we're down to in the last eight games, 14, 14, 15, 16, 12, 17, 12. Uh, so not, not looking good for him. He's trending in the wrong direction in terms of ice time as well. So, uh, yeah, that sucks. I mean, I, I was really high on Bjorkstrand as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, obviously (laughs) the puck's going to start going in the net for him regardless of his deployment, but, uh, not, uh, not looking like he's going to reach that potential, uh, at least the way that they're running lines in, in Seattle, like you said, um, Manny McDoops, um, what is the deal with Bobrovsky? Do you think he's worth the hold or is it time to move on given that Knight has been better statistically? So in my opinion, um, Bobrovsky at this point, I mean, he's been awful the last few weeks um, and he's pretty much been relegated to one B and he's, he's earned that. Uh, (laughs) So I would be treating him the same way that I treat another tandem goaltender. Like he's not a starter right now. Um, and that's super unfortunate for me because I, I drafted him in a couple leagues like a starter. Uh, I went zero G and, and uh, still uh, I should have gone more zero G, I guess, because um, <laughs> uh, he hasn't really panned out so well. So, yeah, I, I mean, I would definitely be dropping him uh, unless he gets a game or two in a row. Yep. What do you think, Nate? Yeah, I'm there. Uh, Bob's definitely a drop for me. Knight started five of the last eight. He's been terrific. Bob has sucked um, pretty much universally. It's like a tap going on and off. Bob comes in, he sucks. Knight comes back in, he's awesome. Knight plays the next game, he's awesome. Bob comes back in, he sucks. It's yep. been it's been pretty much exactly like that for the last probably almost three weeks at this point. If Bob was like, if Bob didn't have a ten million dollar contract and didn't have the Vesna Trophy to his name and all, he wouldn't stuff, be playing like, at all. He, yeah, he wouldn't be playing at all. And also no one would be thinking about rostering him right now. So yeah, um, take away the name from Bobrovsky and he's pretty clearly a drop for me. Ovi is the goat asks, should I still be holding Sam Reinhardt? Do you see him picking up the pace anytime soon? Well, I got news for you. Ovi is the goat. (laughs) Sam Reinhardt is picking it up. I think he has five points in his last five games, including four goals uh two points tonight um his shot i mean uh he's not shooting as much as he was a little bit earlier when he wasn't scoring uh but the puck's going in for him now so um i would definitely be holding sam reinhardt absolutely yep not really much to add there i've been telling people to hang on to reinhardt this whole time and looks like finally we're reaping some of those rewards it is interesting that now that his uh his advanced stats have tailed off a bit that the puck's finally going in for him i think that's probably <laughs> just variance in both directions kind of coalescing there um i don't i don't want to read into it too much uh they've also played some some pretty talented teams dallas calgary boston the last little bit so um i'm not going to read into that too much until it becomes a much bigger trend um, but definitely you should be hanging on to Sam Reinhardt. All right. Zebra Dan asks, or actually this is, this is for me. Uh, congrats on the massive win over Kenny in the FHFH listener league. Can you do it again <laughs> over the Mark Skinner this week? That's an excellent question. Zebra Dan. I, how's that I, going uh, for you? Well, you know, uh, 
I got yeah, I got my first win in a few weeks, which is which was pretty cool against Kenny. So thanks, Kenny. Congratulations. Um, thank you. Uh Kenny was second in the league at that point. And uh um yeah, so I am playing the Mark Skinner this week. Mark Skinner and I am are actually uh playing in two different leagues this week. Uh nice. in our in our keep three, in which we are the top two teams. Uh, so it's it's first versus second in in our keep three, uh, and I think that's a really really tight matchup right now. Actually, I, I won't I won't delve into the details of that. But uh, uh, we, <laughs> on the other hand, in the five hole league, I am ninth place and he is twelfth. Um, so it's <laughs> like a bottom of the barrel. It's 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 uh, it's it's uh, yeah. I mean it it's like a couple of teams that are tanking right now. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to claw my way out. I am, I do have a big lead on him right now. So I'm hoping that I'm going to take this one, get back to three and four, and then just, I'll be right back in the mix, man. Like what <laughs> happened? I, I thought, I thought this, this season was over for me in five, the five hole league. And there's a glimmer of hope and, and thank you, Kenny. Thank you, Mark Skinner. Uh, I hope you're not letting me win. Uh, it seems like, you, you know what it's, it's, uh, uh, Binksy talks about the buy low candidates. This is kind of my buy low candidate team. And guys <laughs> like Pavel Buchnevich, Matt Duchesne. Uh, I mean, John Carlson, Seth Jones were out for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I spent pretty high draft capital on them. Sam Reinhardt's on this team. Kyle Connors on this team, all these guys yes. that are starting to like turn it around, but mm-hmm. we're, we're absolute dog shit to start the year. <laughs> um, and then, and then goalies, I completely miscalculated goalie points. Um, but now I have Martin Jones and Vitek Vanacek because wins are huge. They're, they're like better than saves or better than goals. Uh, so I got, I have Martin Jones, Vitek Vanacek, nobody else. Actually, I think I picked up Sam Sonov and he's on my IR right now. So I think I'm in a pretty good situation. So I'm hoping <laughs> I can turn this shit around. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I feel like I, we have quite a few listeners in that, in that league. So, uh, they may be coming for me now, but, uh, uh, yeah. Anyways. All right. Next question, uh, from the Mark Skinner. I, uh, funny, funny enough, um, bit of a different question for you to, guys tonight. This will be the last one. Uh, who is a player on your roster that you really should drop, but just can't pull the trigger to do so for some reason or another? Thanks again, as always. What do you think, Nate? Uh, yeah, I don't have these kind of players on my team because my teams are that good. Um, so <laughs> no, but seriously, I guess that player is probably Victor Arvidsson. Arvidsson's been pretty bad the last little bit, to be honest, but LA has had such a good schedule the last two weeks. I keep looking at him at the bottom of my lineup and being like, I should stream him out. And then I look at his schedule and how he fits into every single off night for me for the next two weeks. And I'm like, well, I guess I'm hanging on again and just praying that something happens. He's had like, he had that like one random three assist night. And then like uh, outside of that, he's like not even shooting now, which is like always been his big thing is that he shoots the lights out and Anyway, weird stuff with Arvidsson right now. I would have dropped him if LA didn't have such a 
terrific schedule the last couple of weeks here. Um, but he's probably uh, he's probably that guy for me. I really should have dropped him, but it's just the schedule that keeps me hanging on in the hopes that he's going to get me like 0.5 more points. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at my Cupful team because I know there's a couple guys on there. Um, I was mulling over two names. One of them was Matt Boldy. He had a goal and two assists tonight, so I'm mm-hmm. glad I hadn't dropped him. Uh, but Lucas Raymond is probably my guy. Uh, mm. He's he's uh He's a weird player. He's a he's a streaky guy. When he is not scoring, he brings you absolutely nothing. Um, but actually, he's he's been he's been uh, I don't know he's been a little bit better lately. His ice time's not super high. I don't know. Detroit's a weird. They're a weird team. Um, mm-hmm. Everyone plays everywhere. Raymond has has been down on the second power play. Um, it, it feels like he's not doing anything most of the time. Is that because um, he actually, has zero individual scoring chances for him? Yeah, so that's games? that's the other thing. His <laughs> underlyings are bad. His underlyings yeah, are, are like genuinely really bad. bad, and people don't really talk about that very much. Uh, but he's just in a good situation, so he ends up getting assists and and uh, goals every once in a while. So Yeah, he's still um, had six points in his last eight games or so. But like. he'll go stretches where it's like dead, dead, dead. But mm-hmm. I... I I mean, I had him last year and I have him this year in the cupful. I got him for really good value. That's the thing. I didn't spend a lot of draft capital on him, but um, I expected him to kind of like take it to another level, but he's kind of just the same Lucas Raymond as he was in his rookie season, which isn't bad, but mm. it's, it's just not like he didn't take the next step. He didn't take a, yeah, he's, he's not really trending upward. So yeah. um, he's, he's definitely a guy that I could stream out at some point. But I don't know that I will because I think he's. I, I, I mean, there. He's he's one of the guys, and he's like one of the core in in Detroit in their mm-hmm. in their minds. So, um, yeah, I think Lucas Raymond is probably that guy for me. So that is all we have for today. Check out the Apples and Genos Discord server. Shoutouts to the band there there for providing our music. Their Spotify link is in the episode description. Give us a rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter. Binksy's at Binklemania. Nate is at Apples Genos. Blake is at Blake Creamer SE. And I'm at Just Joshin41. Please practice safe stats and happy streaming. There's a new wagon in town, and it's not. The New Jersey Devils, it's the Leafs. That's how it works, right? (laughs) I guess so. (laughs) Whoever stops the wagon is the new wagon. Tag, you're it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Have a good one, folks. (laughs) Much love. Much love.